Hey everyone, welcome to Pop Culture Pastor, where we look at movies, music, comics, and more from the perspective of faith. Welcome back to the show. This is Chris Perry, your self-proclaimed pop culture pastor. Well, today we have something a little bit special. I was invited to be on a different podcast with my friend Kale Courtright. Uh, So I was on his show, How to Christian. And so that's uh, dropping on his feed today, but we're going to drop it here as well, where we have a conversation about uh, kind of a theology of pop culture. Maybe this is something I should have done at the very beginning, but it's kind of pulling back a little bit and thinking about, okay, we've been looking at all these different things in pop culture of music and comic books and movies, but what's the reason for doing that? And are there different approaches to how we can use pop culture in our own spiritual growth? Are there things that we should pay attention to that we miss, or are things that we shouldn't pay attention to? And what kind of questions should we be asking as we're engaging in all these different forms of media? So that was a really great conversation, a lot of fun. So without further ado, here is uh, me on the How To Christian podcast. Well, welcome back to the podcast. And this is, I was going to say welcome to the How To Christian podcast, but this, I think it might be running on a couple of feeds. So welcome wherever you found this. And if you are a How to Christian podcast listener, um, I would advise you, we're just going to say this at the beginning, go subscribe to the Pop Culture Pastor podcast. And if you found it, this podcast through Chris's Pop Culture Pastor, then come and subscribe to mine too. It, it won't cost you anything. And Yeah, um, synergy, yeah, exactly. right? I'll p- tell people all the time, download it. I mean, listen to it or not, but just download it. That would be mm-hmm. nice. Yeah, so, still counts. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, I have my friend Chris with us today. So Chris, before we get started, why don't you just uh, just tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So as you mentioned, I have a podcast called Pop Culture Pastor that I just recently started this summer. That's something, an idea I've had for a long time where we're thinking about pop culture from a faith perspective and, you know, not to jump ahead, but that's kind of where we're going to focus today, uh, kind of the big picture of that. So yeah, pop culture has always been something I've been interested in, you know, comic books, uh, music, uh, movies, TV, a lot of, I spend a lot more time than I probably should thinking about these sort of things. And so I want to, you know, see how we can use that as we grow and, and are spiritually formed, right? Culture, pop culture is formative. And so we want to think about that since I know you do a lot of spiritual formation stuff on here. Uh, but I currently serve as the family life minister at the Westlink Church of Christ in Wichita, Kansas, uh, a church that I believe you were an intern at yes. years ago. Yes, that would so be we've got, got a connection. Uh, 16 years ago at this point. Wow. Okay. So you've been at, you've been at this a while, I guess. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, yeah. And so I've only been here about about three years, uh, but I've been in ministry, preaching, and doing college ministry and, and other sorts of things for yeah, probably a couple of decades now. It's mm-hmm. hard to keep track at this yeah. point in life. Uh, so I did my uh, MDiv at Abilene Christian University when when you were there. So I know we had several classes together. We were talking about uh, memories from our Greek, <laughs> Greek classes. A minute ago, and which one of us was the better student? It was Chris. Leave that up to the listeners. It was Chris. <laughs> um, and yeah, so and I did my undergrad at Oklahoma Christian University. I don't know if we had met when we were there because I know you're from Edmond, right? And we have some some mutual friends. Yes, yes. You were part of what was it, Bodacious <laughs> LC? I think you maybe did did something with with those. I guys. was like their intern. Yeah, yes. I remember that. I have very <laughs> fond slept memories on the, of the, those guys' couches. So yeah, if you were, this is a very small niche, but yeah, if you went to like Camp OC in the early 2000s, you probably saw the band Bodacious LC. And sometimes I helped out with some of their stuff. Yeah, that's where I met my wife was at Camp OC in the early 2000s. So fun fact, we'll talk about that another time, but, mm-hmm. uh, and we don't have to get too <laughs> d- detailed into this, but uh, Chris, before you were at Westlink, you also ministered in Cordell, Oklahoma, which is the, my mother's hometown, by the way. Oh, wow. It's it's crazy. So if people don't know, Cordell is a small town, less than 3,000 people, literally one stoplight in southwest Oklahoma. Uh, but there's so many connections, at least right. in Churches of Christ, to this little town. 
Uh, one of the first Christian colleges was there uh, mm-hmm. and it shut down, you know, you know over a hundred years ago. But yeah, a lot of stuff has, has come out of there and, and I'm not a small town person, which I kind of always knew. And I definitely knew after being there for <laughs> like four, five years. Uh, but yeah, it's, yes. it's a, it was definitely a, a great time and a great ministry mm-hmm. um, when I was there doing that. Yeah, it, it is hard to kind of square uh, so much interest in pop culture with a, I mean, a good community, good people, rural though, farming town, um, not thriving with pop culture. And yeah, not a lot of other people in my church were listening to Beyonce and Kendrick Lamar, unfortunately. <laughs> You're dropping references in your in your um, sermons about that. That would be hilarious. Yeah, so. I actually did. That was one of my favorite things is just insert a little line. I'm not making a deal out of it, not quoting who it was, but for my own benefit, maybe my wife. Yes. Uh, I quoted Hamilton a lot because that had just come out and she was into it when it fit. You know, they, they say things well. And that's I mean, that's kind of what we're getting into today of. Right. You know, when pop culture says something uh, that that we are feeling as Christians, um, why not take advantage of that? Right. Yeah. That's so I did a sermon on Father's Day and I think I said um, I think there were two Hamilton references in it, like just lines that the second time mm-hmm. I saw these younger people in the audience go like, wait a minute. I know this, like, I yeah. and <laughs> that is, that's, that's fun. Uh, a shibboleth, as we say, a, a good Bible reference there of like, okay, you, most people aren't, but if you find that one person who does get it, like I've used Simpsons quotes and sermons, one of my first ones here. And there was a guy uh, about my age. He's like, did you say that? And like, yeah, I did. And like, okay. And that kind of like solidified our friendship. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> awesome. I could work in the word Christatunity <laughs> my sermon. That's great. That's great. Well, and because you referenced that, let's just kind of, let's start there. What are some of your, and I'll answer it too, but what were some of your earliest interests in pop culture? Yeah. So, uh, well, comic books was a pretty big one when I was about 10 years old. This is the early nineties. And so the X-Men were really hot at the time. You had the animated series. So that was pretty big, informative, uh, earliest music, um, Started, well, Beatles was probably one of my first biggest interests. Uh, really got into them when I was about in middle school and, you know, avoided most, you know, I, I heard what was on the radio in the, this is the early mid nineties. I knew it was on the radio, but I was mostly listening to, you know, classic rock, that kind of stuff at the time. Um, but then eventually expanded into what was going on um, outside of that. And like I said, Simpsons, we're going to talk about that in a second because that was kind of a controversial thing in the early 90s for Christian kids to be watching. Uh, What about you? What were some of the things you were interested in early on uh, that got you into pop culture? Yeah, that's tough because I will. There's a couple of things. So I loved what you just referenced. I loved the X-Men and I have distinct memories of the Spider-Man TV shows, cartoon TV shows. Mm -hmm. Loved those a lot. I was a big video game person, so I would just say like one of my first... Oh, yeah. yeah, I should have. I knew there was another area I forgot. One of my first pop culture, I would have said, was probably uh, Mario, just like all of them, because I remember I was gifted when I was five or six an original Nintendo, and I had... Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually, I don't know, I remember having uh, Super Mario 1, 2, and 3... And uh, so I think that was one of my first classics, one of my first. Yeah. And, you know, and so I know you, we share a common affinity for Zelda. So that was an early one, too. And I, my, I recently got it tattooed on my wrist, the Triforce here. That's awesome. I I can tell that story. Yeah. I got my kids for their Switch. I got them the the Zelda game. And I just, I have a nine-year-old and he just, just not getting into it. I mean, it's hard to defeat the Minecraft love. I mean, it just is, Mm. is I don't know what I, I don't get Minecraft, but it, but clearly it's playing a role in some of these kids that yeah, are those age. Yeah. I'm like, no, I'm, my my son is into Breath of the Wild. He was playing it this morning before we left, and that just awesome. warms my heart. Yeah, this has been passed on. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've got like an original Mario cartridge from the NES in my office right now. I'm looking that's at. Awesome. So yes, that's also a very formative yeah. thing. <laughs> that's fun. Well, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know who's leading here <laughs> since you, we're kind of sharing, hosting this podcast. You take the wheel. Co-hosting, I guess. Yes. Um, but yeah, so you know, we want to think about pop culture and the ways that it's formative and different approaches to it as Christians. And I kind of think of basically two broad views when it comes to uh, Christian views of pop culture. 
And the first view does kind of focus on on content. You know, I mentioned earlier what pop culture we were into when we were kids, but we can also think about what pop culture was was not allowed when you were a little kid, right? So like I said, I was allowed to watch The Simpsons, which came out when I was like eight or 10 or so. Um, but that was kind of a rare thing. Yeah. You know, we were a good Christian family, went to church, you know, two or three times a week whenever, whenever it was meeting. And um, I know my parents, like they had a discussion about this. They've told me about like whether or not we would be able to watch it and, and they actually let us. But, you know, I, I know that wasn't the case, right? You think you mentioned you were not allowed to watch The Simpsons? No. Back in the day? I was, that's, that's my only memories of The Simpsons until maybe high school was that I just wasn't allowed to watch it. And then by the time I probably was, I just, I, you know, I hadn't, you know, spent time with it. I hadn't been formed by it, however you want to say it. And so I, then at that point, I was not as interested. But why was it controversial? I mean, why, why were people not allowed? Because, you know, when you first asked the question, what early interest in pop culture, it was easier for me to think of things I wasn't allowed to do than what I actually did. Because those, mm-hmm. those are the things that stick out. And so we can talk about, about some of those in a minute too. But what was it about uh, The Simpsons that made it off limits? Uh, well, it was like one of the very first cartoons that wasn't just made for little kids, like on a Saturday morning yeah. or an afternoon when you get off school. Right. It was a kid, a cartoon that was aimed a little bit, at a, you know, at adults. Um, and you had Bart Simpson, who's you know a ten year old kid in the in the show, and he occasionally uses a, a light swear word, and he's very rebellious. You know, and a lot of this is like the merchandising and the sure. culture around it, and not just the show itself. Yeah. Um, and so that was, that was kind of a new thing, right? I mean, for our younger listeners, I mean, I know you're, there's all sorts of cartoons with very adult themes that are all over the place, but this was kind of the first one to, to break that. And this was on during prime time. And so I think it it had that reputation, but if you go and watch it, even that first season, it's like nothing in it really seems surprising at this point. And I don't think that's just because, you know, we're also, uh, you know, used to that at this point, it's, it just had that reputation. It was kind of one of those lines of this is something that Christians do not watch. Mm-hmm. And so again, like I can name maybe a couple other friends my age who watch it. And you know, it was pretty formative. Like I think in terms of Simpsons quotes and memes most of the time. <laughs> um, but uh, And if my parents knew that's what was going to happen, I don't know if they would have loved that. But, you know, yes. Yeah, so, but like you said, so often at that point and, and still for a lot of people, for Christians, it's okay. What's not allowed? Yeah. Why is this not allowed? Right. So Simpsons is it's a Bart Simpson is a bad example. You're going to tell your teacher to eat my shorts like he does, and and that's a bad thing. <laughs> um, or other examples I thought of like when I was growing up is like violent video games. Right. You know, we mentioned Mario and Zelda; those were fine. But then you get to like the '90s, and you've got Mortal Kombat coming out, mm-hmm. where you're fighting, and these characters look, you know. I guess you could say realistic for the time. They looked very realistic. Yes, and for the time. Can like rip people's spines out. And so that was, that was kind of a big shift. And there was a lot of concern about that. And I wasn't allowed to, to play all of those. Yes. Uh, I don't know. What else, when you think of like what wasn't allowed and why was it? Were there any other things in your experience? Yeah. In mind? So a couple of things came to my mind pretty quickly. And now I was a little bit older, but I remember when. I mean, I was either late elementary or middle school or something. I, re- I remember when GoldenEye, the video game, was going to come out. And my mm. parents were very concerned about, you know, first-person shooters, basically. And Right, um, yeah. Games where you're, like, it's from your perspective and you're holding a gun and you're shooting yeah. characters. Yeah. And I'm I'm pretty sure this is how it went. At least this is my memory, is that the the friend down the street had it anyways. And so it was like, well... I'm, I'm playing it anyway. Not going to be able to stop him. Yeah, so, so yeah, may as well. <laughs> um, I also know that I had friends. I want to say it was fourth grade. I don't know why that sticks out to me, but I had a friend who was pretty into like Saved by the Bell. And I remember that was like, we're not watching this, you know, because. Interesting. And I remember then I. Do you know the reasoning? I think they just thought it was too adult. I mean, I know that Friends wasn't allowed. We didn't watch Friends in our house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Friends was discouraged. Yeah. Seinfeld was not allowed in our house. Right. And I do, I, then I have a memory of maybe sixth grade. My mom was like, okay, I'm going to watch two episodes of Saved by the Bell with you and we'll see if it becomes, and then it became approved, you know? So then at some point it, mm-hmm. it's, and I'm the oldest yes. in my family. So of course, when it was 
not okay for me. It wasn't okay for my brothers. And then it, when it became okay for me, now it's okay for my little brothers too, even though they were younger than I was when it wasn't yeah, they're younger. Yeah. So I, I remember- or they just don't care as much for the younger ones. Yeah. yeah or anyways, um, I give a lot of grace now that I have three boys myself, you know. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, and we'll we'll talk later about like what do you do with kids now, even as we're going to look at you know different views of this. But yeah, even just like uh, I mean, uh, this wasn't my experience, but some are not allowed to watch or read Harry Potter because that's witchcraft, right? Um, or just like rated R movies, right? Like if it's rated R, then that's that's it's off an easy line to just to just draw, and and I understand that. I mean, mm-hmm. I and I get that. Yeah, I was going to say so if I had answered this earlier. Harry Potter was one of my earlier influences in pop culture and that I don't know exact if I, I don't think I had the, was there from the very big first book, but it, by the second book, because I remember distinctly the releases going forward. And so that it was Mm -hmm. never, that was never a problem. And I'm glad. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, I think even within like different Christian subcultures, there's different reactions to some of these things. So yeah, most of the people that I know were not a, we don't read Harry Potter because that's witchcraft. Uh, but a lot were like, yeah, we don't play these games or watch some of these other shows. Yeah. You know, so where you draw the line. But like, it's all about finding a line, right? right. The, and it's usually about the content of what is what is in it. Or like the music, right? Is it, does it have that little sticker that says parental advisory? Um, you know, that's that means it's it's off loud or not allowed. Yeah. Um, or even types, right? Like rap music is going to be discouraged because it's more likely going to have that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, so this first view of pop culture and how Christians should approach it, I think it does tend to focus on the content, right? The language, sex, violence. If it has those things, then it's not allowed, right? Like if it's there, that's it, right? There's not really discussion. There's not really much nuance to it. And we're not saying that everyone's consistent all the time, but that's that's kind of the focus. Yeah. So if something, right, like when you hear you know, think about the different ways that people will talk about, oh, that was a really good movie, mm-hmm. right? What do they mean by that? If they're, if you think they're coming from that perspective, what do they mean by good, typically? Yeah, so I think, especially whenever I hear right now adults suggesting movies to adults, and as, as you get to know people, of course, it kind of changes. But when they say good, a lot of people are meaning, um, they're meaning two things, that yes, they enjoyed, either had a, had an entertaining time, but that it didn't cross those lines that they that they have somewhere, um, and it is and it is funny, you know. This maybe is a side note, but the the allowances some people make for um, for themselves, like mm-hmm. um, th- th- it's just like we're comparing our experiences here. Grew up in uh, similar areas and similar backgrounds, families, but we had different rules, and it's like. Where do the rules come from? And and yeah, and so yeah, it sometimes seems kind of arbitrary. Like this right. show is bad; it's not allowed. This show is okay, so it yeah. is allowed. And like you said, sometimes that line just like, yeah, we're just going to change our mind. Well, even the content isn't actually different. Yeah, and this isn't really answering what you just asked me, and I apologize <laughs> for that. No, Podcast guest gone rogue, but the um, so like right now, I have a nine-year-old, a seven-year-old, and a four-year-old, all boys, and there are certain things. I'm okay with they watch and there's other things like there's a one show that they used to like to watch but the kid is so whiny like the character that I'm like the, the content is fine other than just how the how mm-hmm. the kid comes across yeah so it it's almost like what, what content are we talking about right like, like I said it tends to be those three language sex and violence that are you know that's where the ratings determine but when we think about can content go deeper, but I think that's actually getting towards the yes. the next view that we're going to talk about. But like I said, in this mindset, yeah, good. Just there's nothing objectionable. Maybe it's got a positive message. Maybe it's a, a you know, like uh, explicitly Christian message. And so there's sometimes a preference in this this view of Christian media, right? right. Christ, media made by Christians uh, for Christians. Um, you know, I grew up, like I said, in the nineties and there was a lot, I mean, there still is a lot of like contemporary Christian music that was becoming a big thing. And in that period, and I especially remember like you'd have this poster in the youth room that says, Hey, you like this band, check out this Christian band Mm -hmm. that sounds kind of like them, right? Like we're not going to listen to Nirvana, but you can listen to audio adrenaline or DC talk. And this song kind of sounds like them. Sure. You know, like, so that was good enough, right? It's like, as long as you're, you're getting generally the, the, the sound 
uh, as long as it's Christian, that's what really matters. Mm-hmm. It may not actually be good artistically. And, you know, we can name all sorts of movies and media that's, that's being produced that, you know, their aim is really first and foremost, I would argue to just present a positive Christian view and the artistic value of that uh, media is actually kind of secondary. And going back to what you said of good, it can depend on who you're talking to, but um, I I would say I enjoy taking references from people who, when they say good, are talking about the artistic quality. Now, some people, um, it is about the content, and I understand that. And and so, like I was going to say, I brought up my kids because I'm kind of right in the middle of this. It feels like that mm-hmm. that anytime we re we introduce anything, it's I'm sitting there and going. Like, are we going to have to have a conversation about this? Like, are we going <laughs> to? And sometimes I'm actually okay with those coming up because I want to have natural conversations. You know, I want to. I mean, my kids go to public school; they go to any school. They're going to be exposed to things, and so I would, yeah. I would much rather me have the conversation than some other uh, child or something else. You know, so <laughs> right um, or just what the internet tells them exactly. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think you're kind of getting towards that that second view of, of how we understand pop culture and how uh, we use it and what's, what's appropriate, I guess, is we're thinking more about the message, right? It's not just Mm -hmm. the content, but what's the deeper message. And these aren't mutually exclusive, right? We we're never going to just completely ignore one or the other. Uh, But you know, this message focus, um, I think it reminds us for me, it's helpful because it helps us see that, well, even if something is like clean, that's a word that you'll hear Christians use a lot, right? Oh, that was a really clean movie. That's a clean comedian. They can still actually have negative messages, right? right? They're not using profanity, but they can still present, you know, if it's a movie, the themes of it, the bigger picture is still actually kind of negative stuff that maybe even as Christians, we aren't as trained to to see as bad. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think about things like the, the idea of redemptive violence, right? That, uh, if it's a good guy, it's okay to use violence against the bad guys because that, you know, serves a good purpose in the end. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I could go on a long theological rant about why we believe that and why I think the Bible is working against that even. In, and at some points, it does also seem to believe that. Um, but there can also be things like, you know, white savior narratives where it's, you know, these kind of paternalistic stories of uh, good white people that go in and help poor underprivileged people in other countries and, you know, not taking into account, you know, why, you know, the bigger socioeconomic, you know, reasons for all these differences. It's just like, oh, these were good people and they did a a good thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Right. Or things like sexism, right. It's so built in, you know, just like like I mentioned, clean comedians, how many of their jokes are going to be like, you know, don't you hate guys when your wives do this, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, that's offensive in a different way. But Christians might give that a pass because they don't want to uh, really think about what is the overall message that's being sent there. And so even as you know, we move into this message focus, we're, we're already seeing like it's not anything goes. It's well, what's what's really being said. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's not the surface level of does it have language or violence or sex? It's what's going on underneath. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, so what does good mean when you're talking about? you know, these, this kind of pop culture, right? What comes to mind for you? It's things that I was going to say, the the short answer is, is what is life giving, you know, and that, that, that can be, Hmm. that can be used as an excuse. Sometimes, let me just say, you know, sometimes I'm like, it it bring, it gives life and well, okay. You had an, it's, I don't, what I don't mean is escapism, I guess, is, um, right. What is, what is, it's just, it was fun is maybe not. yeah. Yeah. Which I will say, and I know you are too, but like a big Marvel fan, sometimes they have better, some mm-hmm. of their movies have have some things going on in them that, and sometimes they're just pure escapism, right? Yeah. But I think a lot of times for me, the ones that are, the things that are good are bringing life and that they are hitting those themes, the, the things that I want my life to be about, you know? And so maybe a quick way to say it is just like the fruit of the spirit, you know, is um, love and joy and peace. Is it going to produce more love or joy? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's good. And that's, that's tough. But I was going to say, all that you said is that makes it harder though, is to, (laughs) is to actually seek those out. For instance, I'm going to say this and I'm in Texas, but I mean, and I'm not a big country music person, but 
from what I do know about it, I mean, a lot of those deeper themes, they're not there, you know, and um, mm-hmm. or what they're actually glorifying. And some of those negative and, themes might be there, even if they're not swearing yes. um, or being, ex- you know, explicitly sexual. Well, or yeah, how many of them are clean, but maybe highly nationalistic, um, you know, or something mm-hmm. like that. So, but it this takes kind of, I don't know, being a student of your pop culture influences and auditing the things that 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 you are putting in your life. And that's all I wanted to say is that takes work and that can be hard. And yeah, yeah. So, we're, yeah, we'll talk in a minute about, OK, how do you do that? Because right. that is, yeah, it's easy to say, oh, this is rated R. That's not allowed. Yeah. Right? Like I get that. That's that's simple. And there's, I mean, plenty of things. Again, if we want to get more thinking about church life and spiritual formation where it's, well, it's easier to just read the Bible as if it's a list of rules. Mm-hmm. It's harder to read it as guidelines in growing into the way of Christ and into the fruit of the spirit. Yeah. Right? Well, of course mm-hmm. people are going to want what's easy. Just give me a rule of, you know, if it has this in it, I'm not going to watch it. Um, but I think, yeah, the process of, of spiritual formation of discipleship is asking those harder questions and thinking about the, yeah, so the deeper themes are what really shape us, I would say, more than just, you know, what, you know, surface level content there is. But to me, that's what makes something good. Does it ha- actually have something to say? Mm-hmm. Is there some artistic value? Does it make me think? Does it make me grow? I may disagree with it. I may disagree with the worldview of this director or this musician. But the fact that it actually made me think about it, I think is, is better. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And to me also, I think there's value in something being true to life that it's not sanitized. Mm-hmm. You know, some, some of these, mm-hmm. you know, the Christian quote unquote media is just trying to sanitize the way that real life works. And yeah, I understand that if that's, you know, I'm not saying everybody should watch things that have very intense themes and language and all that. If that's not your thing, then okay. But you know, if, if you really want to, be in conversation with other people and be in conversation with what's going on in the world. I think you need to know how people actually live and not mm-hmm. just the Christian projection of what we think the world is like. And to me, God is a God who cares about beauty. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Go to Genesis one, God creates and calls it good. And so creating, creating things that are, are made well. Um, I think that actually is in tune with what God does. Now that's mm-hmm. not saying that, Again, some of these are not, these creative works are not fully on board with God's picture of what is life-giving as, as you mentioned, right? What, the, the abundant life that Jesus brings may not be the same as, you know, just, oh, this is a fun movie. Right. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think there's more beauty in, in true to life stories. See, this, this is how the world is. And sometimes it's ugly, but that there's beauty in that, especially as, you know, sometimes it's, the, the setting of something is in a very dark or bleak or difficult situation. And then the story is someone coming out of that mm-hmm. or, or growing, even though they're in that. Yeah. Um, and so I think those are the really powerful kind of stories. But if you don't have that darkness, then the light doesn't really mean as much, right? If it's all light, well, it's all kind of just, you know, too fluffy to really yeah. have much to say. Right. Now, can you think of any examples like stories where, it is, this is kind of a dark story, uh, but you actually are learning something or about morality or it makes you have to think a little bit more about what you believe about the way the world works. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, any of those come to mind for you? Yeah. I've got some examples. So, yeah, I'm going to steal one of your examples because I, I know one of them already. Mm-hmm. But I wanted you, while I talk about that, you had said, you had said maybe there's a, a movie or something that it causes you to think you may not even agree with it, but it causes you to think so. I would love to hear an example about that in just a second, but you, so if I had been younger when this came out, I know that Breaking Bad would have probably not been allowed in our, in our household. And Mm -hmm. however, man, that show caused me to think and to consider things that otherwise, you know, that I love the office so much, but it just, it just didn't, right? Like it didn't think, make you think about, made you think about other things maybe, but it's, I mean, you go from high school chemistry teacher to uh, to what he goes to, and you're like, but we all could be on the same path. It may look different, but it, it's just these. Yeah. Well, what would I actually do in this situation? 
Uh, I mean, yeah, it's kind of one of the themes of like, yeah, everybody thinks that there's just this line that you won't cross because you're a quote unquote good person, but you don't know that. Right. And like, we could all do anything. And I mean, the viewpoint of that show, which again, I don't know if I a hundred percent agree with is um, we are all, our morals are just our choices, Mm -hmm. right? Like you choose what you're going to do. And um, yeah, I think there actually is a little bit more complex. Well, if you actually go back in, in my feed, I had an episode about that um, not too long ago, which was actually a recording that I did like eight years ago when I was at ACU. So, right. you know, mm-hmm. quality Everything. is not as, as good, but you know, that's one of the things I talk about is there's very much this, the worldview of Deuteronomy mm-hmm. of like, if you choose good, then there'll be life. If you choose bad, there'll be negative. And that's a story of someone <laughs> breaking bad, right? He's choosing bad. Yes. And you know, it, it is a very morally complex show. Um, but there are times where like, well, yeah, maybe even the way they, the show understands justice and choosing good or choosing bad is maybe it's more complex than that. It's not just about choices. Yeah. We're not as in control as we want to be. Yeah. And, and the way I thought, I was going to say the way I thought about it is also we, we can view ourselves as so much more righteous and uh, that that would never be me, but I think it just did. Now, granted, of course, it's Hollywood eyes, whatever. But it's like, how far am I really from from being a different person? And and the things you become okay with today, uh, or that you're not okay with today, you could be okay with tomorrow if you continue down those paths. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, if your situation yeah. changed, if you're put in this situation and you have this opportunity. What are you actually going to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, how well do you know yourself? So yeah, even that, like you said, this self-reflection that comes in, uh, I think you don't get that unless you really are presenting uh, difficult situations like that. Mm-hmm. Um, another example I think of is the artist Kendrick Lamar. Uh, mm-hmm. So he's a hip hop artist. Like I said, that's a genre that <laughs> typically Christians were, uh, at least in my day, were uh, discouraged from listening to. Um and an album like one of his, I think his first major album was called Good Kid, Mad City. And in a sense, it's a very Christian album because like, I think the whole album starts with the sinner's prayer. Um, but it's this whole journey of like this, it's like a day of his life growing up in Compton, California on the streets and all the trouble that he gets into and his struggle to, to try and be a good kid. But right, this mad city is pulling him in a different direction and uh, a, a lot of negative things happen, but, and so there's a lot of language and, and talk about sex and, and violence. Uh, but cause that was the experience of living on the streets. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as you get to the end of the album, there is a big shift and he's trying to, to choose a different way and, and be uh, a voice for, for something better. But like I said earlier, that, that movement wouldn't work as well if you didn't actually get the darkness mm-hmm. uh, of, of his situation, right? So he doesn't sugarcoat it. And I think it's more powerful in that way when you don't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one of the things that we wanted to move to, you've already touched on some is like, okay, so how do we do this? Yeah. Right? Like how, if it's not as simple as this is allowed, this is not allowed, if it has this content, um, what do we do with this? Are, are there guidelines as, as we're trying to think through these things, you know, I think of what Paul says in second Corinthians 10, where he talks about, we take every thought captive to obey Christ. Now he's not talking about pop culture. So I'm taking this verse out of context. Right. I have to say that as, you know, Bible major nerd, uh, but you. this idea of, you know, whatever we're thinking, whatever other people are thinking, whatever ideas people are putting out there, we want to take that and see how can we use this to help us grow, to be more Christ-like. And there may be some things that we look at and like, yeah, this doesn't help. Mm-hmm. We, we toss it. Uh, but I think there are a lot more things than maybe we would assume that can actually be used for that purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, another quote from St. Ignatius, a guy we're going to talk about at the end. Uh, he says, humanity was created to praise, reverence, and serve God, our Lord, and in this way to save their soul. The other things on earth were created for humanity's use, to help them reach the end for which he was created. So this idea that yeah, humans are created for the specific purpose and everything else, uh, you know, I might disagree with some of this, but he says other things are created for our use so that we can reach that purpose of uh, praising God better. And so the question is, well, can pop culture be one of those things? Mm-hmm. Can that be something that leads to praise? Um, you know, all this, these ideas 
are coming from a book that I'm, I'm reading right now called Movies Are Prayers by uh, Josh Larson. And he, in that book, is looking at film as a way uh, of saying, like, these are all expressing very human emotions, right? There are movies that express anger, the, the kind of uh, righteous anger that we feel sometimes. There are movies that express you know, yearning for something bigger than ourselves. Uh, there are movies that, that are laments, mm-hmm. you know, mourning what is wrong in the world. Those are all very Christian things, things we find in scripture. And whether those, you know, most of the movies he talks about in that book are not explicitly Christian, but it does connect with with something, right? It's the idea that everybody prays, right? Whether or not you're naming it to God, if there's some sense of you, you know, asking why to the universe, right? I would argue that's a prayer. Mm -hmm. And so these movies, music, all these things are doing that to some extent. But to go back to that quote from Ignatius, it's, well, can we use it? Can it be used for that purpose? Now, I think it has to be, be intentional. Mm-hmm. It's not just going to happen, right? Like, well, I'm just going to watch Breaking Bad and that's going to make me a good person. <laughs> uh, it might take a little more, right? There are probably yeah. people that watch that movie like, yeah, maybe I should sell meth. <laughs> um, so uh, if, I know some science. If that's um, the message, then you're not. Uh, following Chris's guidelines, I'll put it that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I and I would even argue like you're not really engaging even with the series itself, right? Like with Breaking Bad, so many people hated Walt's wife Skyler. Yeah, um, and again, probably some sexism built into that too. But I think some of that was people missed the point that like Walt is not a good guy. Right? He's no. the main character, but he becomes worse and worse as you go. And the fact that his wife is not on board with what he's doing, um. She's in the right. Yeah. And yet there were a lot of fans. I'm, I'm assuming a lot of them were men um, that were like, oh, yeah, she's just she's such a buzzkill. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, so you just need to get rid of her. It's like, no, that you're missing the point. Right. So, yeah, these things are not neutral. Right. And I think that's that's an important thing to realize. Mm-hmm. Nothing is neutral, yeah. whether it's something on Disney, whether it's something on HBO Max. Um, it's it's never neutral. It's all saying something. Mm-hmm. It may not be saying much. But it definitely has a worldview and and we need to be aware of that. Yeah. If we're going to be able to use it for positive purposes. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've both been preachers. So, you know, as we've already mentioned, right, we use sermon illustrations from movies and that's fine at times. Uh, I feel like a lot of times that's just trying too hard to be relevant and it doesn't really work too well. Uh, but my my bigger thing with that is like, make sure that you're respecting what this art is actually saying and then right. put it in conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Like it's easy to just you know, put something on because like, oh, that, that makes the point I want it, I want to make. Well, what is it actually saying? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Know the message and then we can be in conversation with it. Yeah. And that's, there's a couple of examples that come to mind is what you've been saying that, and I may be missing the point, but there are a couple of, I'll just say this, a couple of TV shows over the last few, TV shows is a weird word now because nothing's on TV. It's all streamed, but you know what I mean? <laughs> is that are yeah. huge shows that when you do engage it, you're like, what is it saying? And mm-hmm. there's either not a lot or it's while it may be entertaining and escapism or you like the scenery and but you're like, it's saying nothing or what it's saying is a very dark view of the world. And which which can be good because I think Breaking Bad oftentimes was was had a very dark view of of things or he was using it kind of counter but one of the examples i wanted to bring up too and it's way more overt but was the good place and Mm, i just remember it it helped me to think about what do i think about the afterlife and and i love just how it highlights if this is the good place is it really good and then it's like i remember sitting back be like well, what do I think that heaven is like? <laughs> and, and so, I mean, and so it's way more overt because it's basically just asking the question. And I love how it handled, I mean, he literally has written a book off of it because they did so much work on um, mm-hmm. ethics and, and yeah, moral philosophy. Yes, and and yeah, that. I mean, that's a show that's explicitly about what does it mean to be a good person? Yes. And so, yeah, sometimes it's very overt, but it's still, yeah, it helps you think about things you hadn't thought about before. And you know, I don't want to spoil it uh, if people haven't watched it, but yeah, once you finally see what the good place is like. It's like, well, that's really not that good. Right. But is that exactly what I've always thought heaven was like? Yeah. And okay. So is heaven must be more than that. Right. Yeah. So yeah, it's just, it can get you to ask questions that you're probably not going to get to ask in a, in a Bible class. 
yeah. unless your teacher is super cool and has a <laughs> pop culture podcast. And um. that's and, and so going back, what you just said is, can we use these things for positive purposes? And I think that's what you asked last anyways. But I, I think we mm-hmm. can. It just, like I said earlier, it's hard, right? And it's it's it takes thinking about it. And I think often... This is why, you know, the movies that cause us to think the most about these things are not typically the most popular movies, right? They're just not the, they're not the blockbusters. And yeah, you're not going to sit and eat a a box of popcorn and watch the movie Doubt or something like that. Yeah. Um, Or there's been a bunch of examples over the last few years that you're like, I mean, do I even want to watch this movie? You know, do I even... Uh, feels mm-hmm. taxing, but it's asking me questions and causing me to think about things, and is maybe shaping me in a way that you know. Then again, I love Marvel movies, but that like Thor, uh, Love and Thunder just doesn't. Right? It's you know, is mm. is different. And Chris had two episodes on that movie, so just go back and listen. <laughs> I to did. That. So yes, obviously, I have thoughts about Thor and the theology that it presents, even though. You know, that's it's an interesting movie because there is at times there'll be these really interesting deep thoughts. What does it mean to be a god? What does it mean to be worthy? But then also just lots of silly jokes and sometimes almost too like emotional whiplash. Right. And it's hard to take the serious part seriously. You said it was like an yeah, SNL it, it, skit and like, you know, Oscar winner. And it's like, or not yeah, that card, yeah. but it's like uh, nothing in between. And you're like, I just, this is difficult. Yeah. But. Yeah. That's Taika Watiti for you. Uh, yeah, so like you said, you know, yeah, you can't just every day I'm going to watch this deep, intense, thoughtful movie. Like you, yeah, it's entertainment and there should be room for things to be entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, yeah, sometimes it might be more escapist, but I think as Christians, we should never fully turn our brains off with these things and just recognize there's some that's going to be more fruitful than others. Um, and that's the process of discernment. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I think that's what we're called to. So the attitude is not just, yeah, just watch whatever you want. It's fine. Um, well, to, to paraphrase Paul again in 1 Corinthians 6, all movies are permitted. Not all movies are beneficial. Yeah. Right? So it's and getting out of that mindset. Okay, what's allowed for me to watch? Well, assume most things are. There's probably some that, yes, as Christians, we should just avoid it entirely. Um, some content that's out there. But to think more in terms of, okay, what's going to be beneficial? Yeah. What's going to help me grow? What's going to help other people grow? And again, these are more guidelines. These are not just set rules. And, you know, we both can admit that we're not perfect at this. You know, I watched some things that, yeah, there wasn't much to that. And I probably would have been better off if I hadn't, even if I laughed at it some. So, yeah, there's room for grace. But to have some guidelines as you think about this for yourself, that also leads into another thing you've already touched on of what about with our kids? You know, we're both parents. I have a 10-year-old and a 4-year-old. And so we want to think about how the culture they consume is is forming them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I would make a Simpsons reference here if if you know people would get it. Of it's actually the the wife of the reverend who always like every episode she's in is like, won't someone think of the children? <laughs> so we want to think about the children. Um, but yeah, you mentioned some. What do you what do you do with your kids when it comes to what they watch and uh, how you decide on those sort of things? Mm-hmm. If, if we're going to be more complex than just as it's raining, we don't watch it. Right. Which, and I will say there's a time and place for that. Obviously, I think that's that kind of his mm-hmm. parents understand that. And the so we, we think in terms of, as I said earlier, there's there was a show that I'm like, it's not even that the content is, you know, bad. But I'm like, if if as we do, if they start talking like this character, I can't I just I'm not going to live in that household, you know. So and. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing that's is, I will say that we just need to, I think we need to acknowledge my kids watch a lot of YouTube, which I'm like, it's just a whole different frontier that I'm like, I don't even know how to process that. And so there are some YouTube. Right. It's a vast wilderness. Right. So, I mean, like my boys love, uh, they really like Dude Perfect. And I'm like, all right, we're doing trick shots and stuff. I'm like, it's pretty harmless. Is it like growing their brain? I don't think they're sitting there thinking about physics and stuff. (laughs) Like, probably not. But they are a group of 30-something men who are enjoying being together and doing silly things, whatever. There's other things that get into in YouTube that I'm like, this this can be problematic. For instance, um, I don't know if your kids have ever stumbled upon uh, Ryan's Toy Review. And 
It's the family. No, I know about it, but thankfully they have not found that. So the family, they seem nice. They seem like, you know, I don't know, decent people. But all it's a, at least it was for a long time, was about getting new products and opening them and seeing what it's about. So I'm like, okay, what this is just showing is that like there should always be new things and we should always be getting mm-hmm. new stuff. And my my stuff that I got yeah. last week or month is no longer good. We need something else. Now my kids don't process it like that, but it it influences them regardless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's the underlying, right? They're not going to come out and say that because that they know that wouldn't be a good message to present. Right. You know, but that's the subtext. And I mean, that's not a new thing. You know, I remember, you know, I grew up watching like He-Man and ThunderCats and G.I. Joe, mm-hmm. that those sort of shows, like the complaints at the time were these are just you know, 30 minute toy commercials. Right. And that was the purpose, exactly. right? It's like, well, we're going to develop this toy line to sell stuff. We better make a cartoon to go along with it sure. so that they'll know what toys they need. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's not a new phenomenon, but yeah, YouTube has definitely created a, uh, a challenge <laughs> yes. because there's just so much. Uh, so yeah, I think that's, that's part of what, especially parents now have to deal with is what do you do with all of the content? You know, it's, it was, a little easier to just say like, oh, you can't watch MTV. Or you can't watch this channel because there were like, you know, 30 channels growing up. And now there's the internet. Right. So, <laughs> you know, the idea of just saying, well, you can't be on here, right? Like there's just so much. Um, and so, you know, teaching our kids to, you know, have some discernment and how to filter or, Again, a lot of it depends on the, d- the developmental stage of the kid, right? Their maturity. My four-year-old, she's not going to know what's good or bad. And so, yeah, obviously as parents, you're going to have to step in and probably just set some rules. Right. Um, but as as they grow, as they mature, we want to help them learn how to make those decisions. Mm-hmm. And like you said, sometimes it's, yeah, you do watch it with them. And then you have a conversation about uh, what do you think this was saying? Why do you think this character did that? Right. Do you think that's the way that that God would want us to live? Yeah. And I mean, that can be a very like, well, Ned Flanders is what I was going to say, another Simpsons reference here. Uh, but, you know, to actually have it be a conversation, not just to like get on to them and see like, see, you are making bad choices and you should just do what I say. Right. But we don't want kids to feel like they have to hide right. what they're listening to or, or watching. Um, they're going to do it. You know, it's, you can set. I definitely, I would say, I definitely did that. Yeah, right. Yeah, I did too. Um, so, you know, just, and this goes beyond just pop culture, but just like issues in general, you thinking about parenting, my ideal would be whatever they're going through, whatever they're thinking about, whatever, you know, they got trouble they get into. I want them to feel like they can talk to me about it. Yeah. Um, yeah they're not sure. going to immediately be judged for, for that. Yeah. And Yeah. I'm sure they're not going to want to talk about, you know, this, this show with their parents, because that's not cool. But, you know, I think that's, that's the, the training that we, we want to try and have, mm-hmm. right? Can you actually have a conversation about some of these deeper things as, as they get older? Yeah. So there's a couple of things I wanted to say. Um, my, one of my children, actually my four-year-old loves it the most. There's a, it was three movies that came out on Netflix, on, Net, uh, on Disney, um, the zombie movies. And, and, Mm. and I'm like, it's just, you know, there's zombies and there's humans and zombies. And then they introduce other, um, characters and, and, and the, the message though is probably there's multiple, but it's that like everyone has value even in our differences. And that's a good message. Right. And, and, uh, Mm -hmm. that, that one singular messages, but I was also going to say, as you were talking there, it made me think I've kind of started to lean towards my nine-year-old is going into fourth grade and I'm like, I'm now I I'm expecting and okay with media introducing some things uh, because I know his, his friends are at school are know it or mm-hmm. are there. And so I'm like, we need to have these conversations. And it's one thing I think, look, this is, I've only parented for nine years. All right. So this is all, I always say it's always theory at this point, you know, and, and so I'm like, <laughs> that's a good line. Yeah, I'm sure some of the older parents might be listening. Like, what are these guys have no idea. Yeah, well, and that's true. That's true. We and don't. I don't, and I have no idea. But I'm saying, if it for me, <laughs> it was better. Like, if something else gets prompted, and then my parents are like, "So, what do you think about that?" Or how do th- rather than, "Hey, we need to have this conversation right now," because I'm like, you know. And so I'm mm-hmm. a yeah, I'm let a, it develop naturally. I'm okay good. with some things coming up now, 
you know, whether it's, we're still sometimes in the content phase. So we're still talking about language and violence and yes, and, mm-hmm. and things of the sexual nature. And so we're going to have to have those conversations. And then in the meantime, we're also like, yeah, we don't treat people different if because you know they come from a different background, whether it's socioeconomic or race or whatever. Like we don't, you know, we we mm-hmm. are going to be the kind of people we're called to be, regardless. And so that that's a good message that I'm. They should learn now. Yeah, and <laughs> so. and that's why, like, I mean, I'm big on comic book stuff, sci-fi, fantasy, sometimes, and that's to me the benefit of that is it's putting this very real conversation about things like, yeah, groups that get excluded, whether it's race or that sort of thing. Well, you just make them zombies and then it's easier to have that conversation and kids get that. I mean, it's almost kind of, it's like a parable, Mm -hmm. right? That's what Jesus is doing. He's taking these big uh, spiritual concepts and it's like, well, let's put it in this other, kind of get your mind out of the, the way you normally think about it so you can look at it from another perspective and then bring that back to real life. Mm -hmm. And so that's what good, um, more kind of fantasy sort of stuff I think can do is it, it helps us ask very real questions using a very unreal situation. Um, right. So yeah. yeah, that's, there's a benefit to that. And the, yeah, a lot of kids media is going to be like that. So you use, and that's what they're doing. If they're doing it well, it's, you know, setting it in this kind of outlandish situation and setting to have conversation about very real stuff. Yeah. Like one of my favorite, maybe the best Pixar movie is inside out. Yes. Right. Like this is very so good creative exploration of what's going on in your head with these different emotions and how they're handling it. But like being able to use that to be like, okay, when you're feeling, you know, so anger, it's like anger's kind of taken over your, your headquarters here. Hadn't they, bud? Yeah. Yeah. So you use this, you know, that's, I think the beauty of art and media is it lets you, you know, have these real life conversations in a new way. It opens up new possibilities. Right. I I wanted Um, to say, I think a guideline though, I think you've given a couple with when it comes to our kids, but, I wanted to say, at least this is for me, is I constantly kind of remind myself, stay engaged because I don't want to get mm. to the point that I have no clue what is going on in that world. And I'm not saying you have to, their favorite show has, or whatever has to be your favorite show, but how do you weigh mm-hmm. in on something? How do you, you know, be kind of a voice if you have no clue what other voices are in their life, you know? And that's, that's hard because some of the stuff they want to engage with, I have no desire to engage with. But yeah, it's it's, it's just not good yeah. in terms of <laughs> yeah how it's made and those sort of things. Yeah, going back to something you said earlier of like you can't try and keep them in a bubble. You know that again that maybe was a little easier a generation ago, but as we are proof, you didn't fully work. We could go to a friend's house and watch or play whatever. You know, so it's not going to happen. And again, this is a bigger conversation with the church in general of we can't just try and keep ourselves in this little bubble mm-hmm. apart from the world. This is where we live. It's where most people in our churches are working uh, every single day. So we need to be able to have a conversation with them. Um, and so it's the same with media. It's the same with our kids that the more you try and force them into these very strict guidelines, you know, the more pressure that creates. And uh, most of the time, I think that can can malform people. But to be able to actually have good conversations with, about the real world, I think that's a much better mm-hmm. uh, discipline mm-hmm. that we should try and develop for our kids, for ourselves, uh, with humility, with grace. Uh, but but to be involved, yeah. um, to to be a part of of culture. Right? We're never apart from culture. Everything is cultural. Mm-hmm. And so how do we engage in it in a Christ-like way? Right. Avoiding it, I think, is, is not the answer because Christ, I mean, this is the incarnation. Yeah. He came into the midst of all of our stuff. So how can we do that when it comes to, to the pop culture world? Yeah, and that's, I just recently, and this was advice for ministers, but I think it's, it goes right in what you're saying was, if you want to most effectively minister in your culture, he said, you need to know what books are on the you know, New York Times top 10. You need to know, or the Amazon top 100, whatever. You need to know mm-hmm. what the top 40 music is. And I'm not saying you have to love it, or to, but this is what the people around you are, are engaging with. And you know, back in the day, we would have said, you need to read the newspaper. You need to know what's going on. I, I don't know, maybe people mm-hmm. still do that. But you have to know the things that are going on and the things they're hearing about. And I'm not saying that's that you dive necessarily all the way in but you you need to know what's going on if you're going to be 
um, you know, speaking into it. You know, it's kind of like with our kids, but it's also it goes that 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 convicted me because I haven't typically done those things necessarily. And so I'm like, yeah, I don't know what my neighbors are listening to or are reading or mm-hmm. watching, you know, and I need to get to know them a little bit uh, through those avenues. Yeah. And there's always going to be too much, right? The amount of content now is just insane. So it, even for someone like me, who's trying really hard to be engaged with everything, I'm always feel like there's so much I miss. So yeah, you're never going to do it all, but are you making an effort right. to know what's going on outside of you know the world around you? Mm-hmm. I mentioned someone like Kendrick Lamar earlier. That's not the kind of music I grew up listening to. And it's still not, still not the main uh, type of music I listen to, but you know, it's been helpful for me as you know, a pretty sheltered Christian kid from Oklahoma See, okay, here's here is how other people are living. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe that's your only exposure to another person's worldview. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think pop culture maybe is not a bad way to do that, as long as it's done well and it's really presenting uh, real life. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, as, as we're wrapping this up, um, just a last quote from uh, a poet named Christian Willman. He says that art is often better at theology than theology is. Mm-hmm. Um, now a lot of my, our, our theology professors from school might not agree with that, but what he's actually saying is, you know, theology is about being able to say things about God and name what God is like and kind of put words to some of these mysteries when art, when it's done well, is actually trying to maintain some of that mystery or create unknowns yeah. in that sense or provoke that sense of awe and wonder. Yeah. And I mean, good theology can do that too. Um, you know, this is definitely happens in the church, but the idea that art can pull us outside of ourselves and, and acknowledge there is so much beyond us and mm-hmm. that we as Christians acknowledge that, that God is the source of that, those feelings that come, um, when you're watching a Pixar movie and, and you suddenly weeping uncontrollably, yeah. um, when, you know, you hear music and it just makes you want to move. Um, I think all of that somehow is, is connecting with the way that God made us and reminds us of what our deepest desires are, uh, that our deepest desires are for God mm-hmm. and the goodness God has in store for us. And so, again, I do believe that pop culture is one of the things that can help us get in touch with that mm-hmm. uh, when we are paying attention and, and being intentional with it. Yeah, yeah. Well said. So, thanks. Um, so, as we're wrapping up here, we're going to, end with one of the ways that I end my show, which is something I call my pop culture consolations and desolations. So this is a version of a spiritual practice that comes from St. Ignatius, who we quoted earlier, where you look at your life, you look at the movement of the Holy Spirit to see what is God doing? uh, What is actually bringing abundant life? And where are there things in my life um, that are not bringing that goodness, that are not bringing joy, that's not producing the fruit of the Spirit? Which one am I turning towards? And so, as I always say, we're using this, you know, deep, uh, long-lasting spiritual practice to just kind of give some pop culture recommendations. Yeah. Uh, but I'll, I'll start with you. What's a, a pop culture consolation for you this week? Anything given you life? Yeah. And I will say this is, I already told Chris before, but this is one of my favorite parts of every episode that he does. And because I find recommendations or I'm uh, already in, engaging one of these, I like to hear he and the guest kind of just talk about it but okay so we're kind of in this like lull period right of like stranger things came out uh, we haven't started new seasons of other things just yet um and movies are kind of in this we did some of the bigger blockbusters now we're kind of waiting again so yeah august is pretty slow yeah we're we're there in all aspects of life so we re my wife and i restarted a, a couple of weeks ago uh watching parks and rec and this is probably our third wa- uh, watch through. I don't know. But it just, I'm not saying it has much deeper um, <laughs> messages or I haven't, I haven't stopped to consider them so much yet. But I, mm-hmm. it just makes me happy. And I like to, um, I like to, I don't know. I like, I'm, got, I'm already at the age I like to rewatch things, I guess. And it's just bringing me, uh, bringing me joy. It feels like I'm hanging out with old friends. I guess I don't know. So that's that's one. If you haven't watched mm-hmm. Parks and Rec, I would I would recommend it personally. Yeah, I, I love Parks and Rec too. That was a show we we rewatched during the pandemic as a source of joy, like you mentioned. Uh, you know, as you right. just thinking about the themes, I, I think there's like a 
optimism about humanity and what we can do when, when we work together, even if we disagree, you think about the, you know, the different views of Ron and Leslie, but you know, they still are able to, to do good even in that. So that, that'll preach as we like to say in, in our line of work. Um, well, really my consolation for this week is, is kind of the same. Uh, I was, you know, the new Beyonce album came out, which I have talked about. And so I've been enjoying that. But right. uh, the thing I thought about the most was uh, the show Scrubs, another older show that we have been rewatching. Uh, there's a podcast where uh, the two main stars, Zach Braff and Donald Faison, get together and talk about mm-hmm. the show. They're going like ep- episode by episode. It's called Fake Doctors, Real Friends. Uh, I would actually put a content warning out for the podcast because they get off topic quite a bit too much uh, but just going back to that show that was a show that me and my wife mm-hmm. uh, were very into when it first came out and and the memories that it's bringing up they're in season six which that was a season that you know i we watched it when it came out but i don't know if we've gone back to a lot of those episodes since and to see like there's some really good stuff in there that i actually forgotten about and so that's been bringing me some joy just going back to that that series a little bit more all right so the other side of this uh any pop culture desolations, anything that's not giving life or something that you had high hopes for and then it wasn't quite what you wanted? Anything spring to mind this week? Uh, there's a couple. Well, I think I could say about a few things, but here's the one. And I don't know if it's a desolation because it hasn't happened yet, but okay. I'm a big I'm a big uh, Lord of the Rings fan guy. I've read it a couple few times and stuff. And I'm very nervous mm-hmm. about the Amazon prequel because... By all, by most measures, I haven't read Wheel of Time, but they, people, big fans did not like their, their adaptation of that. And I'm just, I'm very, uh, they're doing prequel stuff. So it's, it's a little, they're not using, you know, you know, the source material, I guess, uh, that's mm-hmm. the canon, whatever you want to call the Lord of the Rings canon. But, but I'm <laughs> nervous because I would like it to go well. I would like it to be something that I really enjoy, and I just am nervous. So I don't know if that if that counts, but that's one of the things I I was thinking about. No, that's that's no, that definitely counts. And yeah, other Tolkien fans that I talk to often have similar feelings of they're not really even using Tolkien. Are they just you know using the name Lord of the Rings just so they can draw more people in? We'll yeah. see. Uh, I've talked to a, a mutual friend of ours, James Prather, who was also uh, I think in school at the same time we yeah. were, who was a big Lord of the Rings fan. And he said, if I'm ever going to do that on pop culture pastor, then he gets to be the one. So sure. <laughs> I yeah. may talk to him soon when, when that, once that comes out. Yeah. Um, well, mine for this week, my desolation uh, would be a movie that actually kind of connects with some of the things we talked about where it didn't really have much to say or m- much of a point. So uh, my wife and I recently watched the movie, the gray man, which is on Netflix. So it's Ryan Gosling and um, Captain America, Chris Evans. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it just like, for one thing, you know, it is, there's a lot of violence that doesn't really seem to have much point. It's just like, let's have some cool action scenes, but so many people die for no real reason. They don't actually have much of a conflict they're fighting over. Um, and, you know, to go to go deeper than that, that, yeah, there's there's not much of a message. And, you know, Netflix itself seems to have... I think they kind of have these movies that they're just kind of made by algorithm. Mm -hmm. It's like, they know at this point, if we put this person and this person together and do some action movie, people will watch it. And like red notice was kind of like that. There's, you know, so it's, I I tend to not love those movies in the first place, but this one, especially it just, I don't know. It just, there wasn't, there was nothing to it. It didn't have much to say, but it did have a lot of violence, but maybe like some people may have loved it and had a good time with it. And so that's okay, but it, it didn't work for me. Yeah, I was a little disappointed. If you took out the action sequences, how much movie do you think is left of that? I mean, it was a two hour. Yeah, there's, like, there's really nothing. Right? None of the characters have hardly any depth. Um, so, yeah, it's just some stuff happens. Nothing. Nobody learns anything. Nobody grows. And so, yeah. you know, like I said, sometimes you want that escapism, but... I think there's better escapism even than sure. that. Yeah. So that would be my desolation yes, for this week. Yes. Unfortunately, I agree because I was I was excited for that and it it did not live up to what my hopes were. So. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yes. Oh well. Yes. All right. Well, thanks for having me on your yeah, show. Likewise. Uh, thanks for being on my show. I guess, I, like I said, it's kind of doing double duty. Yeah, that's here. fun. But you invited sure. me, so I'm I'm going to say that I'm on yes. your show as yes, your thank guest. Thank you, Chris. Thanks for sharing and. 
uh, giving us lots of a lot to think about and hopefully to consider when we do engage in these in these ways, which which for the most part is is most of us every day in, in one way or the other. For sure. Yes. Well, I hope you all enjoyed that conversation between me and Kale. I, again, encourage you to go and check out his podcast, How to Christian, like and subscribe to his show. And that brings me, of course, to the important plea that we always end on. And we talked a lot today about what is forming you, what is shaping your heart and your mind, shaping it towards a greater love towards God. And of course, you faithful listeners know there is nothing more important to your spiritual formation than this podcast. So make sure that you are doing everything you can as you have been formed by it to make sure it forms others. Share it with your children. Bring them up in the way that they should go by listening to this podcast. So if you haven't already subscribed and shared on social media, go and do it. Won't you think of the children? Well, as always, Pop Culture Pastor was usually written and edited by me. This week's episode is mostly edited by Kale. So thanks again to him for doing that work. Our theme song is Be Thou My Vision from the 8-Bit Hymnal by Mr. Tyler Larson. You can find more from me on Facebook and Instagram at Pop Culture Pastor. You are now dismissed. Go in peace.